Welcome back to Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Today's guest crosses the border and comes to us from Toronto. Taylor Staden is currently a graduate student pursuing dual master's degrees in sport and exercise psychology from the University of Thessaly in Thessaly, Greece, and sports science from Leipzig University in Saxony, Germany. So what caught my eye about the University of Thessaly, um, kind of looking back to the prior, was just the opportunity to have um, both a master's level thesis as well as applied opportunities. So I'll have like so I'll have coursework this year. Um, I'll do coursework at University of Thessaly as well as Leipzig University. And then next year I'll have the um, the internship in my third semester and then my master's thesis in the fourth. So being able to develop well-rounded skill sets um, was definitely important to me in pursuing a master's. But then as well, being able to acquire a dual master's and to get a study in, at multiple universities, I thought was a really, really cool and unique experience. Staden graduated from Laurentian University in Toronto with a Bachelor of Arts in Sport and Exercise Psychology and immediately prepared to move across the world. He says that his parents were apprehensive of his move at first. But they're supportive, you know, they see it as it's a great opportunity. Um, and they know I'm pursuing something that I'm passionate about. And it's also, it makes it maybe a little easier my mom too, just because um, one of her good friends, her son studied abroad for a year. So she's like, you know what, if she can do it, you know, I can do it. it made her feel more comfortable about it. So that, that was good. But um, it's not even like the way I kind of see it to start. It's kind of like a long vacation. Vacation isn't exactly how most people would quantify pursuing dual master's degrees in two foreign countries, neither of which have English as their national official languages. For Staden, the move was about adventure and stepping out of his comfort zone. And then I was thinking like, hmm, do I want to move to Greece? That's, that's <laughs> a country I don't know a lot about. Like I've been there once, uh, like for a day on a cruise. So like I've, I've been there, I guess, but I haven't really been there. Um, but I just... And then another reason too, and I, I talked about this on my most recent podcast for a bit, was just if I want to be able to talk to athletes about going outside of their comfort zone and what that feels like, share that experience. Well, I was never a pro athlete. I was never even really that great of an athlete. I just love sports. So I, I want to be able to talk about that in some way. And what better way to do that than to study a master's degree in a foreign country? Along with getting out of his comfort zone as a means to relatability with his clients, Staden also says that practicing what he preaches is crucial. He utilizes the free app Headspace to facilitate guided meditation and mindfulness practices. This is also the application that U.S. soccer and the NBA sports medicine teams use. I talk about mindfulness to athletes. If I want to talk about these things and preach these things, I want to be able to relate. You know, like, what is it like first starting, you know, 10 minutes of mindfulness a day? You know, how difficult is it to, you know, manage your thoughts and your feelings and your attention? And it's really hard. <laughs> it can be really, really hard. I, I know my mind goes a million miles per hour sometimes. Like I'm always like, like next step, next step, next step. And it can be so draining. And I feel like I've always known I've been like that. But right when I started doing, you know, mindfulness and just sitting and just focusing on my breath or trying to anyways, it made me realize, wow, I have to really get a lot better at this. I am not very good at this. So 16 days in, today is day 17, and I'm fired up. I love it. It's, it's my favorite way to start my day. Not everyone can wake up, stretch, and dive immediately into a mindfulness script. 
In fact, implementation of mental skills training may be easier to apply among the act of playing the game in real time. Mindfulness is only as strong as how and when it is practiced. If that moment presents itself in the middle of a game, take a step back and figure out moments when little mindfulness cues can be activated. State advice is a practice of implementing short reset routines among the turmoil of games. So with the reset routine, there's three steps to a reset routine. So you have the first step is a quick reflection, self-reflection period. So you ask yourself, okay, like, like what just happened? So if you're in hockey, you know, what just happened? Maybe you turn the puck over. Um, maybe it wasn't the right play, you know, whatever it may be. And you then ask yourself, are there changes I can make right now? Or are there changes I have to make later? So for example, if it's just as simple as maybe changing the play, saying your coach, hey, like, you know, I don't think that play was working. Maybe the other team's playing a certain style and it doesn't coincide. Then that's a change you can make. Or if it's maybe just a self-awareness thing where you didn't realize they were playing that way and you got to make a different type of pass, that's something, a quick change you can make. But you're not going to start changing the way you're stick handling or skating or anything like, like any very well-learned skill mid-game. And you're also probably not going to try any risky skills mid-game. So that's something that you're going to wait till practice and maybe try to shift. And then the next step is the actual resetting step. So this is where the breathing and the PMR become important. PMR, or progressive muscle relaxation, is a stress relief modality that allows individuals to specifically target muscles and rhythmically tense and release each muscle group individually. The goal is to train the brain to, on command, relax certain muscles. A guided PMR script works from the forehead muscles down the body all the way to the toes. The result is a deep relaxation state that produces decreased stress levels relieves insomnia, and reduces chronic pain symptoms when practiced regularly. For example, those who engage in frequent meditation are actually going through the PMR motions without realizing. PMR and intentional breathing exercises are also applicable for youth athletes, as Staten has experienced in the minor hockey landscape. At 14 and 15 years old, Canadian youth hockey players begin training for the Ontario Hockey League draft. The OHL draft functions just as any major league draft does, but having mental skills practiced and mastered at a young age is all the more crucial. I find that they, you know, some of them prefer the breathing, some of them prefer the PMR. And what's great about hockey is that you have shifts. So you're really on the, on the ice for like maybe 45 seconds to a minute and a half. You know, two minutes is a long shift. So you're, you're going to have these opportunities to be on the bench and to have the time to do a PMR or to do some PMR, or to do some, some breathing. These brief moments of refocusing time don't need to be geared toward breathing exercises alone, though. Any downtime spent on the bench, during a timeout, or even during a few minutes pregame can be utilized to reframe the mindset away from the potential negatives. That, those negative thoughts, we think, oh, like, I want to stop thinking about something. Well, trying to stop thinking about something is going to make you think about it even more. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of this every day. But again, it's not an overnight process and we got to continue to be consistent with our practices and, and commit to wanting to, you know, reach a certain goal or to get to a certain point. Reframing the pregame mindset towards success will in turn create a more positive game outlook. Shifting the lens through which you see the world and the difference between succeeding and failing is crucial to emotional maintenance. Leveraging your preparation. So then that way, when you're in competition, you're finding yourself in certain situations, you have a better idea of how to handle it. 
So when it comes to mental and physical fatigue, um, you know, it's really important that the athletes are clear on what does their recovery look like? You know, what does their nutrition look like? What does their, um, you know, what kind of mental skills can they implement into, um, you know, relaxing or to relieving maybe like muscle tension and whatnot. So stepping back to, you know, the conversation we had around uh, mindfulness, meditation and, um, you know, PMR, I've noticed that a lot of athletes like to do PMR before they go to bed. Um, not necessarily just at the youth level either, because it helps them relax, you know, especially after a, a workout. Tensing up muscles makes them more relaxed. <laughs> like it, it's kind of like counterintuitive in, in a way, but it, it works, right? Or for, it works better for some than others. But um, so giving them those tools to be able to properly rest and recover. So in that way, um, one, they're less likely to maybe get to the point of burnout or injury. But two just so you know when they if they do find themselves in that situation maybe they don't freak out or stress as much because they're gonna they might say okay we we um we for, we foresaw this like you know and i have a better idea of how i'm gonna handle this and i think that's one of the most important keys to resiliency is just being proactive for youth athletes though coming to that conclusion doesn't happen without someone potentially a coach or third-party mental skills coordinator laying the roadmap to success for elite athletes, organizations employ an in-house team sports psychologist to specifically deal with these issues. As an example, Major League Baseball has been proactive about facilitating mental health conversations in all of its clubhouses. Only the Padres and Braves are currently without a mental skills coordinator position in their front offices and clubhouses. Demo has a lot of resources implemented um, compared to a lot of other leagues when it comes to sports psychology. So. You see a lot of mental skills coordinators, a lot of mental skills coaches, um, you know, throughout all the levels, you know, you know, A ball, double A, you name it. Um, so I'd love to work in baseball because I feel like there'd obviously be a lot to learn and a lot of um, good potential mentors within the organizations. For mentally taxing sports like baseball and golf, having access to individuals who can teach the mental performance frameworks is important come game time. One of the biggest struggles I find with golf is that you you have so much free time between your shots where things are, it's typically quiet so you're kind of alone with your thoughts so the way you manage your thought processes leading up to your next shot are so important and it's really easy to get in your own head especially if you just like boss to drive or you know um got too much dirt the reprieve from those quiet thoughts is the soft claps from the fans following a great drive or a sunk putt Without fans in the stands and around the green, the impact of COVID can create an emotional disconnect from the environment. This visual and oral dissonance can actually impact, for better or for worse, the way a player performs. Right, like there's no fans, so obviously it has a big, takes a big hit, but you want to try to find ways to make it a little more like a typical game situation. What kind of impact does pumping in crowd noise have on the players? In 2016, NFL films began collecting team-specific crowd noises. On game days, skilled audio engineers worked with network personnel to recreate fan reactions on the soundboard. Each team had its own bank of individualized crowd noises, which included cheers, boos, and general reactionary noises. In 2020, those inside NFL stadiums heard a stream of artificial crowd noise, while those watching from home actually heard a different fake crowd noise on the broadcasts. Additionally, the NFL sent out white noise audio files to each team to create a, quote, audio landscape, meant to mask field-level audio, like play calling, 
that normally wouldn't have been audible with the inclusion of fans. It was met with mixed reviews from players and coaches, and some fans remarked that it would have been more pleasant to not have artificial noise at all. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't mind it much. Head coach Bruce Arians actually requested that artificial noise be pumped into Raymond James Stadium prior to the Super Bowl at one of the team's hour and 45-minute practices. In the Premier League, the artificial noises fans heard were taken from EA Sports' FIFA games. Boos, cheers, player chants, and reactions to saves and missed attempts from years past were all cataloged and sent to each team for broadcast use. In Major League Baseball, the impact of artificial crowd noise was minimal, and some players even improved their averages without fans physically in the ballpark. You know, we, you know, obviously you want your motivation to be internal. You want to be intrinsically motivated. You want to ha be able to get that from yourself and not depend on something, you know, external. But I, I, I think, I think it's important that it's, you know, it's sports specific too, right? So like, um, like Josh Kuzu made a made a good point recently um mental performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays system and he said a lot of these players you know have played at played single a ball double a ball where there's not really a lot of fans anyways so they've kind of had similar-ish experiences in terms of um fans in the crowd there's probably like that feeling period where it was really weird but eventually you have to adapt and find ways to you know harness that motivation from somewhere else if perhaps your motivation came from the crowd um but over time like you if you have your your goals and your intention and attention set on certain things then i feel like you'll you'll figure out a way to to get past maybe the lack of uh, fans a lack of physical fans didn't mean a lack of cardboard cutouts though implemented by the nfl nba wnba major league soccer major league baseball and college programs across the country these cardboard cutouts allowed diehard fans the experience of somewhat, somewhat, being at the game. These cutouts went viral on social media, and money raised by these professional teams benefited local charities like the Philadelphia Union Foundation, Crucial Catch, Feeding Tampa Bay, and the UPMC Sports Medicine Concussion Program, along with team-specific foundations. The Philadelphia Eagles raised $260,000 for the Autism Foundation from fan cutout sales during the 2020 season. This boost pushed the foundation over $10 million raised for autism research and support since May 2018. At the 2021 Waste Management Phoenix Open, golf fans raised $115,250 for local charities like Arizona Helping Hands, Boys and Girls Club of the Valley, Teen Lifeline, and the Phoenix Children's Hospital through the Faces on 16 campaign. What do you think about the lack of fans at ballparks and stadiums near you? DM us at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter and tell us your thoughts on this new normal. That's all for now on this episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Talk to you next Wednesday when we bring Dr. Cassidy Preston on to talk about the connection between performance and overall well-being. See you next week.